1: Today we get some real mom talk from a mother of four who will share her testimony about how an unexpected diagnosis in the most turbulent of times became her biggest blessing and taught her that there is no limit to a mother's love and strength. We read the books, we bought the things, we thought we were ready, and then life took our plans and changed them.
2: I'm Karen, I'm Victoria's mommy, and I work in tech. And I'm Pamela. I have a baby boy named Ford, and I'm a journalist. And although we're both first-time working moms,
1: we're actually pretty different. And that's totally okay, because we both agree that our most important work is raising our kids. We really need each other and can only get through this together. Welcome to Motherish Moments.
2: Good morning. Hi, guys. Welcome to Motherish
1: All right. So today's episode, I think, word to the wise, hope you're wearing waterproof mascara. (laughs) Maybe you're not wearing mascara because you just finished your kid's drop
2: off and that's totally great too. But I'm excited to hear the story. I know, um, I was showing Karen before we get introduced, a real mommy today. Mm Because I know we always have a lot of experts and sometimes it's just Karen and I, but we want us to start inviting like real moms. I mean, the the experts are also
1: moms. Yeah, (laughs) yeah,
2: yeah. Just in case, they're also real
1: moms, but in this case, like, you know, we have like an everyday mom just like all of us are. I don't even know, how do we say this without saying, like, I'm sure you're an expert in many things. (laughs) I mean, she's a mom of four, you guys, so I'm pretty sure she could school us on so many efficiency hacks on how to survive.
2: So Caroline will be sharing her testimony on her motherhood journey, and uh, but before we get to hear from her, let's start with our mothers' moment of the week. Are you ready? So this week, Ford. Let me see. I don't know how to explain this, but I feel like he's just not physically has grown, but he has like emotionally matured so much, <laughs> and it makes me. So sad and so happy at the same time. You know, you were right. The more verbal he becomes, the more patient he is, the less frustrated he gets. He's just been so loving and so kind to everyone around him. And all the feedback in school is amazing. And I don't know. It's just like it fills my heart with joy. But it also like I see him and he's like, I don't have a baby anymore. You know, and I maybe have had this moment several times on the podcast where I realized that I don't have a baby anymore. But it just got real. You know, he's two and a half almost and he's just you know and then just the way he holds my face and he gives me kisses and the way he's kind to his father and to me and to his grandmother and to just everyone you know so I don't know it just kind of happened like one week he just came home from school and we're like I don't know just like a don't worry next week top. he'll be back to being crazy like this is not consistent at all at I know no I, I haven't said that he also had a moment where we went to the doctor and the nurse was so sweet to him is you know has known him since he was a newborn came in and I guess he was not having it he just started like now he has the scene where he air sprays pretend water like if he doesn't oh like, yeah yeah he did it to me right he did it to me recently he's like, I, like, I don't that. know where he's getting that from Where like, he loves to spray with the spray like water we don't buy him guns we don't want him to like any yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah but you know they pick up on stuff they see I guess but it's so funny like instead of just like hitting or yelling he'll go to like spray them away <laughs> I don't know, it's funny, but it's embarrassing too, but it's cute.
1: So my motherish moment is, I'm still talking about school. It's been several weeks now since Victoria started school. For context, she's new to school, so she never went to school. She's been home this whole time. It's so emotional. It's such an up and down. So I've had like a couple of days where I'm like, okay, this is great. She wakes up excited. She's like, I can't wait. I want to do my hair like
2: this. Like, you know, full on requests of like her hairstyles. It's funny, I don't ask Karen, like, how are you anymore? I'm like, how was the drop off today? Yes, yes. (laughs) because that is an indicator of how
1: I am. (laughs) But then like randomly we had like two really rough days of like crying since she woke up. And so today was one of those since seven in the morning.
3: "Ah, I don't want
1: to go to school. And then I'm like, well, why don't you want to go to school? And she's like, because I want you to be there. I don't want to be away from you. I miss you so much. And I'm like, Stop! I'm like, I also miss you, but we have responsibilities and you have to go to school. But it's so exhausting and it's so inconsistent. And just when you think like, I did it. She's adjusted. She's used to it. Something happened. I also and think like, it
2: makes it harder because she's so good at expressing herself and she's so Yeah, she gives detailed. me monologues yes.
1: on like her emotions. And she's like, I just don't want to be away from you. I don't want you to work anymore. I'm like, I don't want to work either. <laughs> But, um, yeah, so the last few days have been really, like, exhausting. And thank God for motherish here today because I got here a mess and I'm much better now
2: already. So thanks. I know like before we started recording we had laughed and we cried already. Yeah. Yeah, I'm exhausted. I know. So now (laughs) we're gonna invite Caroline before she uh shares her testimonies
3: to share her motherish moment of the week. Okay, well first, if I can give you any encouragement. Please. I feel like I've spoken to so many moms over the past few weeks who have had such a hard time transitioning this year. Like Mm -hmm. everyone keeps using the word transition. Like I don't know if it's, like, because we're kind of all, like, coming off the COVID the past few years. Mm -hmm. Just, like, the COVID nuts. The reality of what we all have been through. Mm -hmm. This year has been very hard. And so maybe Victoria has kids in her class that are feeling that. You know, that transition or the teachers. I feel like teachers are—it's been a hard transition for them. Mm. Yeah. And I feel like a lot of people traveled this summer and went away. And then, like, it was a short summer and school started. And it's just been hard. So, like— You're not alone. There's so many of us that are like, my five-year-old, you know, this is the first time all four of my kids are in school. I haven't had a kid, you know, not with me for 10 years. So it was very hard for me. (laughs) But my five-year-old, my youngest boy, he's had a really hard time. He's like, Mom, I just don't want to miss out on anything with you. And I'm just like... Uh, I feel like that, that's I'm like what? Yes. I'm like, I know Spence, but mommy has to do mommy things during mm-hmm. the day. And I will be there to pick you up and we'll, you know, spend time together. And I just have to keep encouraging. And once he gets there, he's fine. But, you know, it's just yeah. like, I think it was like, we've all been together for so long mm-hmm. with this COVID. And then we didn't travel. And then this summer, a lot of people traveled. And so there's just been so much. And I think everyone's trying to get back to some sort of normalcy. And it's just been hard on moms, hard on children and really hard on teachers. So yeah, yeah. I think just give yourself grace and Victoria grace and uh, we'll, I'll get through it. I just sometimes doubt. I'm like,
1: is this level of attachment? Like, is this unhealthy? Did I, I make a mistake? No, and then I spiral, no.
3: you yeah. know, I'm like, is it my fault that but you she's can't do like that. this? You can't know, do that. I have to like pull back. We all like make a lot of mistakes as moms and we learn from them and then you'll do better the next time. Mm-hmm. And children are very forgiving, and yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah. I think for me, I'm gonna do a high and a low. I okay. okay? love it. Yeah. Yes. So, a high for me this week, my oldest son is like an empath. He's very empathetic, he's very sensitive, he feels very deeply. He's me. And um, <laughs> this week, he came home, he's like, Mom, Mom, Jack which is a friend who I'm good friends with his mom and they've always been friends, but he said, mom, you know, Jack won something in class. He like won this whole prize. And instead of taking the prize, he said in front of the entire class, like, I'm going to give it to Raleigh, which is my son, because he's such a good friend. Oh my God. (laughs) And to my son, that's like, that means the world. So I was just so happy for him. And I thought that was such a beautiful moment for him. Um, And then a low, and it's not really a low, but last night I was back to school for my older son, so grades four through eight. Mm -hmm. And the principal's whole speech was on really working to keep our children innocent. He said the things that he's had to deal with over the past few years with technology and chat Mm -hmm. rooms and photos and social media, and it Mm -hmm. just broke my heart. It made me so sad that he even needs to have this conversation. And just sharing some of the stories that he's experienced with children at school, playing red and green light on the playground, which is, I guess, some game from Squid Games. It's like some like, I don't don't know. know. I I don't even know what it means. I know, I didn't know either. I didn't even know what the show, I didn't even, I was like, what? It breaks your heart for our children. Mm -hmm. I think it really reminded me how important it is for all of us to just keep them innocent as long as we can and really monitor what they're watching and what they're seeing and really influencing community is key, you know, it does take a village. It It really does, Mm -hmm. it does. (laughs) So before
2: we hear from Carolyn, let me tell you briefly how I know Carolyn and how I got to, I guess, become closer to her. Caroline, well, I met her a few years ago, but I think we we coincided on a New Year's Eve at a friend's house. It was just the year I gave birth to Ford. It was pandemic year, 2020. And she had just also given birth that year to her baby girl, to Lily. You know, we were like on the motherhood journey, kind of together in that sense that our babies are more or less the same age. And then we met through a church group, Mm -hmm. our crew at church. So I got to know more about her journey and her story. And she's just like one of those, you know, I'm not
3: I'm sorry. I'm, sorry. <laughs> I'm not wearing waterproof. <laughs>
2: I'm sorry. She's just like, it's just like those individuals who just like are always so present and just so caring all the time. Sorry. And sometimes like you forget that she's also dealing with four children and with just so much. And she's just so graceful. And, you know, the year that Lily was born, I, I want to say this, it, it probably was a tough year for a lot of us. But specifically for you, Carolina, it was a very tough year. But I know it was also the most beautiful year of your life. So I admire you so much and I wanted you to share your story so that other moms out there are just inspired, you know, and like when we are caught up in the small things that are not important, Mm -hmm. we're just that we stay grounded, you know, and just focus on on what really matters. So
3: (laughs) thank you. Before I start, I just want to say that you know, Pam, you know, that night we met, or not when we met, but a New Year's when we sat next to each other and, you know, she kind of shared her story and I kind of shared mine and, and, you know, very different stories, but just a lot of similarities. I think we both had a hard year. They look very different, but I know that we both feel deeply and I admire you so much. I think you're a wonderful mother, an exemplary mother, really. So I'm very proud of you. Okay. So I have three boys and uh, I'm one of three girls. Uh, my husband and I, have been married for 14 years. We went to preschool together. So oh look God. out and see who else is Bill, preschool. we're looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> so we've known each other a long time. And um, we started dating in college. And yeah, here we are. And so I'm very blessed. I have a wonderful husband really supportive, a wonderful, wonderful man, a great role model and and a great life partner. And so God had really blessed me in that way. So we have three boys, I'm one of three girls, but I always knew I wanted a fourth. I always felt three was a hard number. And so I'll never forget summer 2019, I um, was in Texas visiting my sisters and one of my sisters was driving me to the airport And I was like, man, Charlie, your driving is so bad. I'm so sick. And she's like, you're not pregnant, are you? I'm like, no, nope, there's no way. Like, it wasn't even on my radar. But a few weeks later, yes, sure enough, Mm -hmm. I was pregnant. I am one of those moms who get really sick pregnant and Mm. it got worse every pregnancy really oh my gosh my gosh so the hyperemesis gravidarum which i'm not even i'm probably mispronouncing that but yes what kate middleton got like the two percent of pregnancies severe severe, severe. like pretty much on bed rest for three to six months like medicine doesn't work it takes the edge off it's like i can't even describe what a nightmare that is especially when you have multiple children you know i remember getting finding out i was pregnant and the morning sickness hit me like a ton of bricks And then things just started happening in our lives. Every day, my husband's mom's cancer came back. The next day, his mentor, who had been uh, at his job for 25 years, up and left. Our gardener, who had worked with my family for 24 years, was struck by lightning. Our house got struck by lightning. We lost electricity and power for weeks. They couldn't figure out why, like, internet was out it was just like day after day i couldn't even like answer the phone and i'm in bed yeah on bed rest like couldn't move and you have three boys. And I have three boys. Yeah. And so my husband's dealing with all this with like my, mu- you know, just everything has like, is like, every day is bad news. And I remember I finally like mustered the strength to go to the doctor. Um, and again, this was my fourth pregnancy and I had three very normal, healthy baby boys. I remember I had always asked to get the genetic testing because I wanted to know the gender early. And they're mm-hmm. always like, no, you don't need it, you don't need it. But for some reason, the doctor said, you know, I think you should really go get, you know, the blood work done and do the Genetic testing. You're 35. Let's just, you know, check. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, oh, okay. I'm like, I'm really sick, though Like, it's really hard for me to go to you. And then go. And he's like, I really just think you should do it. I said, okay. So I remember going very sick and getting the blood work done. I remember the girl who drew my blood. She was just, you could tell she was having a bad day. She was just not nice. And I was just so sick. And it was just such a miserable experience. And I was like, okay. So do you call me tomorrow with like the the gender? And she looks at me. She's like, um, no, we'll call you in a few weeks. Unless it's bad news, then we'll call you in a few days. I was like, okay. Like, in my mind, I wasn't even thinking about, like, the genetic testing part. Right. I was thinking about the gender. I'm like, for sure, this is a fourth boy. Like, I'm meant to be a boy mom. So that was on a Thursday afternoon. I remember I was in bed all weekend, super sick. And then the phone starts ringing Monday morning at 9 a.m. And we had had all this bad stuff happening. So it was very hard for me to answer the phone. So I didn't answer. Mm -hmm. But the same number kept calling me. And so I answered and... It was this woman and she was a genetic counselor and she said i want you to know that your child has an 81 percent chance of having down syndrome i like started shaking I, I was like i just couldn't believe it i fell to the floor um and i hung up and then she called back and she said and it's a girl and i remember trying to call my husband he wouldn't answer the phone he always answers my calls So I called his office and I spoke to the secretary. I said, Ricky, you've got to find David. She's like, is everything okay? I said, no. And so she called David. They went and they got him out of a meeting and he called me and he came home. And I feel like I've spent the next, I don't know, two months literally crying I went, that was like I guess, 11 weeks, and I went in for an amnio at 16 weeks, and I went in for the amnio because I'm a planner, and if this is what God wanted for me, I needed to know ahead of time Mm -hmm. so I could plan. So I went in for the amnio, and as they were doing the amnio, the nurse, she's looking, and she's looking, and I'm like, is everything okay? And she's like, oh yeah, we just can't, the baby's not turning, I can't get a good photo, and she's going and going. I'm like, this is my fourth baby. I've had a lot of ultrasounds. This is not... What, what's going on? And she's like, no, no, I just can't get a good picture. I'm going to get my, my another tech in here. So the another tech comes in, and she's looking, looking, and they can't, and they're not. And the doctor comes in, and he looks, and he goes, I can see the baby has a hole in her heart. And I look over, and my mom and my husband are, like, crying hysterically. And at that time, I had no idea that 50% of children that are born with Down syndrome have heart conditions or heart disease or any sort of heart condition and I had no idea, but I knew right then and there that Lily was going to be born with Down Syndrome. Um, During that time, the most amazing community came around me. That was just a gift from God. I don't even know. I can't even explain the way people near and wide around the world were praying. People were lifting us up. They carried me through. I think I went through a few months of grieving. I was grieving the child that I thought I was going to have. I was still just in shock. And then um, one day someone from church called me and he said, will you come to a prayer, meet with the prayer team after church? And I said, sure. So I took two friends with me, Melissa and my friend Amy, and we went. And about, um, I don't know, 10 or 12 people prayed around me. And I walked out that day with such peace. My life was changed from that point on. I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that moment. I'll never forget those people praying how they prayed. I, God just spoke very clearly and he said, I'm with you. And he has been faithful through it all. I started to feel better in my pregnancy a bunch of friends gave me a beautiful baby shower. I was ready for Lily. None of my boys came early. They were all late. I had to be induced with all of them. With Lily, I remember being at my son's baseball game, his T-ball game. It was his last game. And I had woken up with back aches. And I was like, David, my back really hurts. It's so weird. And he was like, well, why don't you just stay home? It's the last game. I was like, no, 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 I'm not missing it. So I go to the game. And I'm like, I remember telling my friend Virginia, I was like, wow, my back is just, She's like, you're back. Don't you think you should call the doctor? I'm like, for what? I'm like, I haven't gotten my nails done. My hair's not done. I'm not not going to the hospital today. (laughs) So we get back from the game and a friend comes to, like, pick something up. I couldn't even get up to say hi. It was very weird. And then my husband was going on the boat with some friends and the boys and, um... One of my boys, it was very weird. He's like, I don't want to go, Mom. I want to stay with you. And I was like, really? You don't want to go in the boat? Like, are you sure? And he's like, no, I want to stay. So he stayed. And they went. And the pain just kept getting worse. So I called my doctor. And he's like, "Um, I think you should meet me at the hospital. I said, no, I'm not ready. Was I was 38. I was going to be induced the next Saturday at 39. Mm-hmm. Which was, t- like, no one came early. I wasn't even... So um, he's like, no, do you need me to pick you up? And I said, pick me up. He's like, no, you need to go now. I was like, really? So I called my husband. He came back. I packed for everyone. My husband's like driving, speeding down the street. All of a sudden we're getting texts from neighbors. Are you going to labor? Like everyone's asking me questions. I'm like, no, I just, my back hurts. I'm going to the hospital. He's going to check me out. But I packed just in case. And so um, we dropped off the boys and my mom's on the way to the hospital. And I get there and they're like, you're seven and a half centimeters dilated. I was like, well, can I have an epidural, please? And they're like, okay. Like, they just gave it to me. And she was out. I think we got there at... We, we pulled in the parking lot at 415. She was out by 550. Oh, my God. It was the dreamiest delivery. Wow.
0: It was amazing. When you buy a new house, you might say... Shut the front door. Winning. No, seriously. Shut the front door. We own this house now. But you actually need to say... Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.
3: And we get there and our friend, uh, he runs the anesthesiology department at Mount Sinai. And he's like, oh, I saw your name on the chart. I wanted to come and say hi. He's like, I'm probably the only visitor you're going to get. And I said, what do you mean? He's like, "No, no, there's a new policy at the hospital. There's like this virus going around and we can't have anyone... Like you can't when, have visitors. When was she born? March twenty twenty. Oh my god. I was throwing this curveball. I curve I, know. I was like oh I was like, well, that's I mean, my fourth pregnancy. I don't need visitors. Like I don't need to have to entertain people. That's yeah. That's nice. Like like I didn't think anything of it. They let my husband go and bring back coffee and he went home to shower. I was like, oh, this is you know, I was like with my baby, it was great. And so she, when she was born, she had a smooth delivery. She was born very healthy. They wanted to just check her and make sure her oxygen level. So she stayed in the NICU one extra night, but it was like dreamy. I was like up and down, getting coffee. I didn't have to entertain. I'm watching TV. It was great. And then I came home. I delivered her on Saturday. I came home Monday night and none of the boys were in school and my husband's working from home because there's this virus. Yep. Yikes. So that's when COVID started. Yeah, and that's when virtual school started. Oh my god! Everyone came home together. Mm-hmm. My husband is still works from home some of the times. Um, my boys went back to school, obviously, eventually. But it was just a very. My nanny didn't couldn't come to work because Lily at this was born with a hole in her heart. Mm-hmm. So you any sort of careful, yes, yeah. any sort of COVID would have been fatal for her. Mm-hmm. We had always known that she was going to have open heart surgery between four to six months. We didn't know about COVID though. And so that was very hard. Those few months, I remember a cardiologist, she told me exactly what was going to happen. Month zero to one, you're going to have a normal newborn. Then month one is going to come and you're going to see a child go into heart failure. And you're going to be giving her medicine around the clock. I mean, everything that she told me that was going to happen, happened. What did that look like? What would- So she was on various medications. She, basically, her heart was running a marathon. She was eating normally, but she wasn't putting on weight. She was on Lasix, tons of medications. I had to give her shots. It was horrible leading up to the surgery this is before surgery so this is summer 2020 so I remember every time I would go to the doctor so mind you nobody's coming into our house and we're not seeing anyone What are you doing during that surviving time? surviving I think I um there's obviously there was trauma yeah um and it didn't come out till later I mm-hmm. think it took a while for that because you're, you're just like mode. you're just surviving yeah there's no one, no one can come. I was so nervous about my parents coming in and them getting COVID. They're mm-hmm. in their 70s. Whatever. You know, I just, so no one could come in. We couldn't see anyone. The only place we were going was in and out of the hospital for doctor's appointments. It's the only place we were going. So then, um, I'll never forget, July 8th, uh, 2020, I went to a cardiologist, a checkup, and she's like, Caroline, Lily's not gaining weight. We need to admit her into Nicholas. We need to see if we can help her gain weight. And I'm like, Really? So I went home, we packed our bags, and um, we checked. I I assumed I would just live with her at the hospital. We went through the ER. They ran all the tests. They admitted us to the cardiac ICU at Nicholas. Again, this is like when COVID is kind of nobody really has an idea of what's going on. So a few nights in, they're like, listen, you have three boys. You have three kids at home. You need to go home at night and sleep. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, you know, there's nothing. She's not going to have surgery anytime soon. We just have to keep monitoring her. But, you know, she has tubes. We've got to get her to gain weight. And I was like, they're like, go home at nine, coming back in the morning. So that's what I did. So I would stay there. I would leave at like 9, 930. It was like 40 minutes drive from, from my house. And I would be there back at like six in the morning. Spoke to every nurse on the phone. She was admitted July 8th. I'll never forget July 16th. My nanny calls me. Because at this point, the medical team said, bring some. You've got to have help you in your help. house. You can't do this alone. So the nanny came back and she called me early in the morning. She had a family at home. So she was coming back and forth. Mm-hmm. She's like, my daughter has a fever. I said, what? <laughs> She's like, my daughter has a fever. This is like six in the morning. So I called the hospital and they're like, okay, your whole family needs to get tested. Bring them in because Nicholas had their own labs. So we all went. We We all tested. And we were all negative. So they're like, I was like, okay, I'm going to go back with Lily. They're like, no, 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 Mm-mm. you got to wait. And I said, well, we're all empty. negative. yeah. So my nanny ended up testing positive the next day. And then three days later, I we went back. Um, we were negative again. But they said, no, 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 we need more time. We need to give you at least five days. So then that Tuesday, we tested again. Two of my boys tested positive. They were totally asymptomatic. They were I wouldn't have known if mm-hmm. I hadn't tested them. So that was day five. To make a long story short, I was away from Lily for 12 days. I was pumping around the clock and delivering it to people in hazmat suits that would come down and take it from me. I never tested positive. I never got COVID. My husband never got COVID. And my third son never got COVID. Those 12 days were the hardest days of my life. When your baby's by yourself herself at the hospital there were 27 nurses that she had around the clock 27 different people there was no consistency I was I never saw that side of myself before I was so angry I was so mad I was mad at the hospital for letting me go home I was mad at the situation I was just so angry but finally when I tested positive on day 12 um, they let me go in and they had been saying, you know, I think I, I we had been pushing for surgery. We're like, listen, she's yeah. been in for two and a half weeks. Let's just Let's do this. Just she's going to need okay. the surgery. And my cardiologist, who's the most amazing doctor, Dr. Moss is wonderful. She's like, I'm, we're going to do this. And we called the surgeon and I was admitted back into the hospital Monday night, got on, on zoom with my crew and we prayed over Lily's life. Um, We prayed for the doctors. And Tuesday morning, she went in for surgery and I was by myself. It's really hard. It was a hard time. And they said her surgery was wonderful. Her heart's better than mine. And they said she'll probably be in the hospital another five days. I mean, I'm sorry, another two weeks. But she was home in five days and she's yeah. a new child. She is um, She is my greatest gift. Whenever I'm having a bad day, I think of the gift. Those are the words I think of. And I re- I'm reminded of God's faithfulness. I'm reminded of... Lily in my life, he put her here for a reason. She has great purpose. Um, She's changed lives already. I used to be, I am that person, ultra sensitive. I get caught up in the nonsense. I worry about what people think and she's changed my whole life. She's happy, she's sweet and God's been with us every step of the way. And I'm really living, this is really God's story. He's using Lily and I'm here for the journey. It's been a true honor. I get to see and witness so much. And she's changed their lives forever. And she's the biggest blessing to my boys. My boys are the biggest blessing to her. Um, and watching that, the four of them has just been life-changing. And um, that's my story. That's wow. I'm always <laughs>
2: curious to see how did Lily change the boys, right? Because I feel like you have three boys at home. You, you know, I don't know how the relationship was before
3: Lily. Yeah. But how are they? Do you think they matured? You know, I was thinking about that today, this morning, I was thinking, you know what's so interesting? And I've thought this before is that I just feel like God really has his hand in all of this. And he gave me three very, they're not perfect, but he gave me three special little boys. My oldest is an empathetic child. He has been since he was born. My middle one is like, I mean, he used to sing to her while she was in my womb. He used to talk about her. That's Patrick. He's just obsessed with her his love for her is like nothing I've, I've never seen a sibling love like that by the way patrick wrote her a birthday song yeah <laughs> it wasn't the first time he's done that for her just i don't just off off the cuff so that you know spencer it's funny because spencer's my firecracker he's my youngest and um you know, he was the baby and, and then that he got replaced. And I think that's always hard for children mm-hmm. when they're kind of, when a new baby comes, it takes them some adjusting. And for him in particular, because there was so much change for him at once. And so, um, you know, he and Lily share such a special bond because they're my two littles and they know that. And so they're like, he's my baby boy and she's my baby girl. And, And so do I think that they've changed? No. But do I think God placed them in our family for a reason? Yes. Because I think that the love they've on their own before she was born, what they had, who they are, was made for this. They were made for this. Lily will obviously enhance their lives in a great way, and they probably don't grasp that now. Do they fully grasp the situation? No, it's their baby sister. They love her. They don't really... My oldest knows that she has Down syndrome, but he doesn't really know what that means yet, Mm -hmm. and that's okay because he loves her anyway, and that's how it should be. We don't see her as any different. We treat her like, you know, granted, she's the only girl, so she's treated (laughs) like a queen. She's a princess, but... She's treated like our other children. That's what I want for her life, to always feel included and just like everyone else and feel loved and accepted. And... How was the drop-off with Lily for her? Well, For her, it was great. <laughs> Mommy, I cry a lot. Um, I just, you know, it's funny. I was not a crier before this kind of part of my life. So I cry like this now. It was hard for me, but Lily is very happy. She's, you know, one thing about Lily, she's happy in all circumstances. She doesn't... Obviously, when she goes to PT or you know physical therapy mm-hmm. and she's worked out, she doesn't love that and she'll cry. But she, I'm the type. It's like I'm in traffic and like someone cuts me off or like it's taking too long or whatever, and I get so angry and I look back and she smiles. Really, you do, you don't seem like that. <laughs> I, no, I Can't yeah, even imagine. End- I'm like, like, halfway you halfway look stag- so sweet. <laughs> you know, sh- I you know I, I just she's happy. She's mm-hmm. just in all circumstances at doctor's offices. After someone gives her a shot and she cries two seconds, she'll give them a hug. Like, I've learned from that. Yeah. And so I just, yeah.
2: I read this, um, I actually took a screenshot from a post that I saw on Facebook and I found this so interesting. And he said, in 2011, a groundbreaking study was published by whatever, Harvard. And he said the study was titled, Self-Perceptions from People with Down Syndrome. And the results showed that individuals with Down Syndrome have a very high level of satisfaction in their lives. In fact, 99% of individuals surveyed indicated that they were very happy with their lives. 97 like who they are and 96% like how
3: they looked. Oh, I love that. Beautiful. They're happy and, and happy. And okay. may she always feel that way. I can't say that for myself. That wouldn't be ring true for me, but I want that for her. I want that for all my children, right? And what mm-hmm. a lesson learned. She's just happy, happy to be with her family. Happy when she wakes up and has breakfast. Happy when I pick her from school.
2: You did also write that in the last two years of your life, you have cried the most in your life ever. Mm -hmm. But they're they're happy tears. They're happy tears.
3: I cry when I take her to school because it's hard for me, but I'm so happy for her that she's happy to be there. It would be so different if she wasn't. You know, Lily's not talking. She says words. She doesn't say sentences. But she's always been very communicative. Like, as a, even when she was born, she's just social. She's an observer. She smiles. She hugs. It brings me such joy. It overflows and I cry. Or, you know, I think of the possibilities. I think of a school like Clemson, which is where my uncles went to school, and they have a special needs program that she can have the ability to go to college and be in a sorority and go to football games and be treated like I, I cry. So mm-hmm. I just think... There's so much, like when I look back, and I think that's part of what you were saying before, like 2020 was, there was a lot of trauma for our family. I think my children, just by being present, went through a lot. I Mm -hmm. think my husband went through a lot. He was at home with the kids while Lily was, there was just so much trauma for us. And I just think that when I look back, it brings me tears, but it also brings me joy because we went through so much. Sometimes I'm like... But thank you, God, for allowing me to go through that because it's changed who I am.
2: And what words of encouragement do you have, Caroline, for all those moms who are listening who maybe are like overwhelmed because a lot of us get very overwhelmed very easily, I think. What surprised you about your resilience and a mother's love and strength that you could probably share?
3: Yeah, like I just think that, you know, and I always say this, you know, my sister-in-law just had a baby and she's dealing with newborn stage, you know, she's had her third girl. and, And, you know, I always say the seasons are so short. Mm -hmm. try to enjoy it. It goes by so fast. You know, I just think like now I'm dealing with homework and baseball schedules. How am I going to do seven days of baseball practice and Mm -hmm. have dinner and make lunches and make sure everybody's eating, you know, and there's so, but it's like when you go to sleep at night and you just, and you like look back over your day and you're like, yes, it was hard in the moment, but it goes by so fast. It just reminds me to slow down and enjoy it. I think for me, you know, I always, um, I love my children so much, right? I would have more obviously if that was God's plan for us but my <laughs> husband's like, no, we're done. <laughs> Santa might be bringing us a puppy dog for Christmas so mommy can stop saying that but I just think that the, my biggest struggle is that it does go by so fast and I worry about that a lot. So I'm really trying and have, over these past few years to really slow down and enjoy each step. Enjoy the terrible twos. Enjoy like the, you know, little boys like guns. They like to shoot. They like to spit water and air out of, <laughs> like that's just their DNA. They like to wrestle. They like to and, you know, little girls are so different, right? they you know, some are into... You know, Lily loves, like, her – one of her physical therapists has these amazing eyelashes, Mm -hmm. and she just loves them. (laughs) And she definitely doesn't see them on mom. I'm lucky if I get lipstick on. And and so I'm trying to enjoy the moments of all of my children, like, where they are, because Mm -hmm. it really does go by so fast. And I think as long as you're present – I think for any of us, right, the best gift you can give each other is undivided time and undivided attention. And it's such a struggle now with technology Mm -hmm. and having it at our fingertips. But really trying to put the phone away and enjoying your children – where they are because again it does go by so fast and that is what you should you all need to
1: take so much away from this episode <laughs> perspective and a lot of a lot of lessons thank you so much no i no, was silently I'm, crying, I'm honored crying to be the whole here time. with you
3: too I, i'm two amazing moms and i think what you're doing is so beautiful and moms need to know they're not alone i think that's hard for a lot of moms mm. i think that they're Oh, my child's the only one that has temper tantrums, or my child's the no. only one that doesn't eat, or my, mm-hmm. you know, or yeah. whatever. You know, you hear all these struggles from moms, and it's like, I always mm-hmm. say, like, share because mm-hmm. so many of us go through the same things, and mm-hmm. just you know, it's so nice to have community and be able to bounce things off each other and ask, you know, did your child do this or what should I do and ask advice. Yeah, so many moms have a hard time asking for mm-hmm. advice, and that should never be the case yep. like I learned so much I learned so much from Pam mm-hmm. I know that we could learn so much from each other too For sure. and I just think that's such a beautiful thing about motherhood yep. so, yeah awesome I love you, I thank, love
2: thank, you. thank you so much it's an Honor She's beautiful thank, thank,
3: you,
0: thank you thank you hay gente a la que le encanta el McCrispy. y hay gente que nunca ha probado el McCrispy. pero todavía no conocemos a nadie que lo haya probado y no le guste Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.